War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you are listening to the john DePietro show Folks, weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. Well, we've made it to Friday, although a little bit of a short week because of uh, Columbus Day. <clears throat> but um, So the, the races are really taking shape on this Friday, October 14th. Now, last night, I did uh, go and covered the second gubernatorial debate, and we have it up on the website, dipetro.com. And you can watch the video, Governor Dan McKee, Ashley Kalis. Now, they just debated the other night. What I found, and folks, we have to be objective. Um, I thought Ashley Kalis, you know, she surprised Governor McKee in the Channel 12 debate. She surprised him, I think, because we found someone that was seeing someone, you know, they were seeing her for the first time. And she was not afraid to stand on stage and be very aggressive with Governor McKee. And Governor McKee was also under the weather and did not feel well and had spent the weekend, had the procedure in the hospital. So there he is on the stage, and he looked tired. He looked exhausted. He looked like he wanted to be anywhere else. Now, last night at Rhode Island College, Governor McKee had, you know, some time to rest, some time to prepare for her a little bit. And what you want to do in a debate it's a little bit of like hit and move. The more you can, you know, there's an art to debating. The more that you can um, throw your opponent off, then, 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 you know, that makes something that then they have to explain. And if you then lob something else that they have to react to and explain, and it becomes, you know, there's an art to it. It's not a discussion, by the way. This was a debate. This isn't a forum. <clears throat> so... I believe she actually had a better night on Tuesday night. Now, some people, people are angry. People are in a foul mood. Inflation numbers yesterday, they don't like the direction the state is going. And so there's an element of they like, I believe, someone, the public likes someone who will get up and kind of, you know, really stick it to whoever it is that's in charge. So, but to me, you... With Ashley Kalis, and we had her on on um, Wednesday after the debate, and I thought she did very well on Tuesday night, but you have to follow it up, and you have to, what I would say is you have to make the argument. And one thing that they're both very short on is, you know, Buddy Cianci was good on a quick one-liner, a quip, something that makes your point. You know, then there have been some famous ones. Over the years, Ray Ronald Reagan, of course, President Reagan had the the great one with "I'm not going to make a issue of the 
you know, the age with my younger opponent type of thing, and that caused even Mondale to laugh. And, and then granted, now that is like a classic one, uh, but there are just some good lines that can come out. Someone who was very good at that was, you know, Buddy Cianci, who, you know, Cianci had some, you know, I'm, this one's the big dipper, this one's the little dipper when it comes to things. And then, you know, uh, Cianci, uh, Harrop, had, you know, Dan Harrop, rest in peace, who passed away, as CNC then dubbed it, it was like Jorge Harrop, but he had the good line, you know, I'm debating, it's one guy that, I'm not sure he believes in God, and the other one thinks he is God, you know, the, you don't have, it, you don't hear any of this at the campaign, I, I don't know if that's the candidate, or I don't know if it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot to be said to come up with a good line in real time, it's not easy, debating is certainly not as easy as people think it is, because you have to listen to what your opponent is saying. And you could go in, and they were both, especially Governor McKee, I'm still very surprised looking at his notes, but he's definitely prepped and seemed to have a method to be able to find it. Ashley Kalis, that was her second debate. So how did she do last night, the Republican challenger to Governor McKee? I think she did as well as someone's going to do who it was their second debate. That's how I think, you know, that they're going to do. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Hey, Friday arrives, lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. Pop in. Great food. Gift certificates are available, but pop in. They have a, the biggest size bar, I love it, in, in uh, I think, in all of Rhode Island, but it's the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in Westwark. They're also sponsors on DePietro.com. So, in terms of education, I, I, I'm going to say that I don't think Ashley Kalis is, I, she's getting an opportunity She's on stage with the sitting governor, but what I I have to I this is really hard to figure out if it's the candidate or it's the people preparing the candidate, and I don't know the answer to that. But I'll say this: I mean, when you're talking about education, when you're looking at polling numbers, and she has to do better in CD one. I I don't understand. You need to mention. You know, you, Governor McKee calls himself the education governor. Really? You're the education governor. Okay, let's talk about the test scores in Central Falls. What would happen? Anyone in Central Falls would pay attention. You're the education governor. Let's talk about the test scores in Providence. The test scores in Providence are so bad. And you took over that contract. And you gave the teachers $3,000 bonus. What did they get a bonus for? And on top of that, they, they didn't even give, they didn't even give him their endorsement. But he gave them a brand new contract, exactly the contract they wanted. Whereas prior to that, the Raimondo administration, Mayor Lorza and Fonte Green, they felt the biggest, the John Hopkins report showed the biggest problem in the Providence schools is the contract. Teachers have too much power. It's too, they called it too adult-centric. I didn't hear that last night. Ashley Kalis needs to perform better in CD1. I didn't hear Socket mentioned. I didn't hear Smithfield mentioned. I didn't hear Pawtucket East Providence mentioned. Let's talk about the test scores. You want to talk about why I send my kids to private school in Newport? Have you seen the test scores in Newport? How poor the schools are performing? <clears throat> I also, I think there was an opportunity, something that we haven't heard. There's definitely been opportunities. And last night, you know, it was the Providence Journal in Rhode Island Public Radio. They, they gave them enough room. And there was a lot of discussion on education. I think the word that's been missing, an opportunity that's been missed, is for Ashley Kalis to state, I believe, and I, I don't know if there's enough time, but I was waiting for it. And this whole business, Governor McKee received the endorsement from NEA Rhode Island, which is the teachers union, one of the teachers unions, two teachers unions, one of them. But I think there was a, an opportunity and an opening to state that you're going to be the uh, education for parents, Governor. Parents need to be more involved. I mean, number one, the schools are underperforming. Number two, you have all this emphasis on pronouns and gender. You have the kids in the different schools, like North Kingstown, <clears throat> running around, identifying as cats. You... Um, you have the, you know, the, the kid dressed as a lizard at CCRI, like for crying out loud, what is happening? What is going on? What exactly is going on in this state? You're the education governor? The, the test scores are so 
subpar, right next door to Massachusetts. But it begins and ends with school choice, but not going down in a rabbit hole on school choice. They went down to rabbit holes on, on different issues. If you go to a rabbit hole and people are confused, McKee wins. There's way too much in this business of electricity. I know it's important, but it's better to this 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 election should be a referendum on Governor McKee. And if if it goes into a rabbit hole and it's confusing, and I admit it does get confusing, then then he wins. Ashley Kalis had one good line. On Tuesday night at Channel 12, people are trying to decide between heating or eating. But you need more of those. Because that, that you know, that's actually whoever came up with that, that's really been her best line out of two debates. I think people would relate what's going on in the schools. Why aren't parents more involved? I will tell you, the teachers unions have too much power. We all know what drives excellence is competition. What drives Tom Brady? Competition. As I've talked about, what, why do you think the cell phones keep evolving? Competition. What's lacking in Rhode Island public, public education is competition. I didn't hear any schools mentioned. You know, Ashley Kalis could have said, you know, look at the schools that people talk about. When, when GE was being pitched to come here, the Raimondo administration said, great. Move to Rhode Island, and you send your kids to either Moses Brown or Hendrick and LaSalle. No one mentioned the public schools. You know, that was missing. Um, I don't hear any schools mentioned. Look who dominates in sports, right? It's the private Catholic schools. People don't have choice. And it, it got into a big thing on, I don't think it helped her. I don't think it, I mean, I think I understand what she's saying, but you need to map it out. I didn't hear Lincoln mentioned last night, you know, that, that it's, it's the Blackstone Valley. You look at the polls. Governor McKee is beating her by 20 points in CD1. The press conference she had yesterday was in Warwick. That's a mistake. Press conference should have been in, I think she opened an office in Woonsocket. Uh, I didn't hear any cities or towns mentioned in in from you know last night in the debate. Now, in terms of the soccer stadium, I think there was another opportunity that Ashley Kalis had. And again, I'm I'm trying to be supportive. I'm trying to be open minded, but folks, at the same time, I I can't. I'm not going to mislead you. You can tell when someone's threading the needle. You can tell. Hear me out. You can tell when someone is making the argument. When Gina Raimondo in 2014 was standing on a debate stage against Providence Mayor Angel Tavares, she said, do you see cranes in the sky? Economic malaise? Uh, empty Superman building? She gave very specific good visuals. And as much as I was going to Providence all the time, and I thought, you know, She's right. I don't see grades in the sky. And it does then reflect an economic malaise. And it was an empty Superman building. So now, that, is, that showed me she was making the argument and threading the needle. And I didn't hear that last night. It can't just be, I believe, you can't just stand up on a stage and call someone incompetent. Okay, you have to, okay... So you're not afraid to do that. And there's some people that will cheer. But you got to look at undecideds and who you're really talking to. Now, I believe it should have been very specific. I don't know why, and I don't know the answer to this. Ashley Kalis needs to somehow, you know, really get to know some of the schools, whether it be in Providence or Pawtucket or Central Falls or in that Blackstone Valley in East Providence, and make the argument. Now, as far as the soccer stadium, so the media was saying, so what are you going to do? Leave a big hole in the ground? Well, folks, the fact of the matter is, but I didn't hear, and I, I, I know it sounds like I'm kind of picking harder, but I, there's just opportunities. This soccer stadium should not happen. And more importantly, the soccer stadium doesn't have to happen. Doesn't have to happen. Because the governor controls then who goes on their commerce board. Right now in Pawtucket, there's not huge construction going on. That deal could still be revised. 
The state is on the hook for unlimited amount of money. Right now it's $60 million. It could grow to $100 million. She also then starred to Mike McNally, I know, and I respect him, who's very outspoken. And he was kind of slandered last night. Governor McKee was like, well, he was on the campaign for my opponent. Well, that, that's actually not true. It's not fair. Ashley Kalis did start to quote Mike McNally, which was powerful, but she just started to read what he was saying. No one's going to listen to you read. You've got to give the gist of what was said. That soccer stadium, listen, it's very simple. Number one, they don't even have a team. Number two, I am hearing that the New England Revolution and Bob Kraft, they're not gonna, it's going to be a, a Division Three soccer program. So it's not the Paw Sox for AAA, right? So the New England Revolution are level one. Then they have a, a, a tier two of these soccer teams. This would be a tier three. I would have, how many people listening and watching right now have paid to go to a soccer game? I mean, there, there's, there's your answer. The answer is not a lot. They don't get a lot at New England Revolution. So this business said it's it's worth to have. I didn't hear the words. It would be the, the most expensive minor league soccer stadium in the country. How many people in Rhode Island went to bed last night, woke up this morning saying, you know what the state needs? We need to build, and the state now, state money, we need to build the most expensive soccer stadium, minor league soccer stadium in the country. Uh, the answer would be nobody. She also, I think, could have pointed out that when Governor McKee made that tie-breaking vote, he was sitting next to George Nee of the AFL-CIO. And on the very day that Governor McKee cast that deciding vote because they convinced two people not to vote, he received the endorsement from the AFL-CIO. The, the real answer is that I've talked about is there was no way Governor McKee was walking into that meeting. I mean, talk about a conflict of interest. It wasn't the week before, the day before. The day the endorsement came down, he went that night, sat next to the guy that gave him the endorsement, and voted yes on the soccer stadium, which is going to be a $150 to $200 million most expensive minor league soccer stadium in the country. And it is a boon not... By the way, no bid contract to the unions, by the way. Same thing with the Superman building. That is not the solution they're just going to build these things. It's all about the people building it are the ones that make all the money. Listen, if you, <clears throat> this business of jobs, if you take $500 million of state money and say, we're going to put out a no-bid contract and we're going to build a $500 million, I don't know, whatever, mall, monument, whatever. Well, the people that are building it make money and get jobs, but that's not like jobs. That's not manufacturing jobs. That's not private enterprise jobs. They're not jobs that then would last five years, 10 years. No, the only way, the only one making money is the person building it, let alone it's a no-bid contract. I didn't hear that explained. I didn't hear that explained. Governor McKee, by the way, also last night, he was very defensive. Now, the tickets were evenly distributed. It was at Rhode Island College. I think they did a nice job. Perfect venue, by the way. The video is up on the website, topetro.com. <clears throat> um, I'm telling you, I now listen, in some ways, the questions kind of favored Governor McKee. And then there's a the whole thing of equity. I, I think there were some opportunities where you, you have to go in with a game plan. What am I looking to hit home on tonight? Something that I, I want to give Ashley, first, first of all, her supporters showed up. So there were ultimately, there were the two main candidates, Governor McKee and Ashley Kalis, and then three uh, people that made it onto the ballot. And I, I'll tell you, I stick around for a little while. Of the other three, I thought, you know, the libertarian guy, he certainly knows some of the issues. I think he's running for the wrong office, but he certainly knows some of the issues. The college student was actually very likable, Zachary Hurwitz. I don't know, you know, he managed to get on. He's got a lot of enthusiasm. Maybe he could be a young entrepreneur, but he was he was pretty likable. I thought I thought he was the most impressive of the night, and he's only 18 years old and a freshman at URI. <clears throat> but Paul Rihanna finally got his chance on a stage. Once they realized that you're not just going to stand up here and keep complaining that you can't debate Governor McKee and Ashley Kalis, that 
okay, now what do you have? What are your plans? And I didn't hear a lot of plans after that. I didn't hear. I hear people that care about the state and care about the people of the state, but I didn't hear about moving the state forward. Something I think Ashley Kalis has done well is, and I don't. I still don't think they're threading the needle. What Governor McKee is talking about is taxpayers paying for. We're talking day of delivery on abortion services. That's what we're talking about, and that the taxpayers pay it. Most civilized people. Do you, by the way, the, the United States has the far most progressive in the world, but the notion the taxpayers should then have to pay for that day of. And Governor McKee, you know, he's he's standing right there nodding. Yep, woman's right to choose. You're no choice, blah, blah, blah. I think she's done a pretty good job in at least trying to make the argument and hammer home that what we're talking about is taxpayer-funded. So I know she feels comfortable in her line of, um, I'm a woman, I have my beliefs, but I could still uphold the law. But you have to cater it to the people out there. You know, what, what I think would be helpful, very, very helpful, would be, and I, she's only got one opportunity left because it's the Channel 10 debate. It is the week, I don't know, maybe she could catch lightning in a bottle. I didn't hear the FBI probe mentioned last night. He doesn't like it. He gets defensive about it. Um, she She didn't bring it up last night. The... Uh, Providence Journal and Rhode Island Public Radio, they didn't ask about it. And then they had Raymond Bakari, who's a student at Rhode Island College. Nice, nice young man. Um, runs the newspaper there, the anchor. I didn't, you know, you can't wait for them to bring it up. Because what the FBI probe shows is something larger. It, it, it's a way of, of how they conduct business, and it's a real deterrent to private enterprise. If you're a CEO of a company... And it's all about trying to lure companies to come in here, expand here, provide jobs here. You're, you're not going to take a chance on sitting down with someone that is being recorded. You're not going to take a chance on walking into someone who is under surveillance by the feds. I don't know. It's, you're, just, you're not going to do it. And it's, that's a real deterrent. And it reinforces the element of corruption. And there's, there's so many, you know, there's a number of different things. The amount of union jobs that keep getting added. Um, the amount of the, the, in, the other night in Channel 12, I thought, or no, the other day at a press conference, she made a good job of pointing out that all these endorsements he's gotten are actually very expensive IOUs because they're all expecting things except the taxpayers have to pay for it. So I'll say this, that, you know, she didn't bomb out. Um, it, it, Winner, you know, draw goes to the, <clears throat> the a, a draw goes to the champ. So I thought last night, you can watch it. Um, I thought they were kind of even in the first half. I might even give the first half hour, 6.30 to 7 o'clock. I, I think I may give it to Governor McKee. She definitely did better in the second half. And then it was pretty entertaining that Governor McKee was then yelling at the audience. He was also complaining on what he said was distribution of tickets. Now, there were five different people, and everyone, I, I don't know how many tickets the McKee people got, how many people tickets the Kalis people got, and then the other three people. The place was not full. There could have been more people there. So I don't know what was to make of that. When you pulled up at Rhode Island College, there were a lot of McKee people with signs outside, but I didn't see those people inside. So I don't know if they would, a lot of times the unions tell them, all right, you go, stand outside, and then they get in their cars and leave. So there were far more. I would say the Kayla supporters outnumbered the McKee supporters. I'm going to be conservative and say it was four to one. So the Kayla's people were loud. The McKee crowd was not that loud. I think the Kayla's crowd needed to get into it earlier. You know, I think the last night was an opportunity. It's kind of like when you're watching a, a, a boxing match. And when uh, the, the, the fighter you're rooting for scores a punch, the crowd kind of cheers. Then they hit another punch, and then they cheer again. And I think Ashley Kalis could have used some of that in the first half hour. Because then if you're up there and you're getting some reaction from the crowd, and I'm not talking about completely interrupting, but just some element of them like, hey, good line, we agree, good point. You, um, 
I think it could have helped her confidence a little bit because it's hard. It's, it's much more difficult than people think it is. There's a lot going on. You have your notes. You've got to listen to what the people, um, the moderators, the questioners, what they're asking. You've got to listen to what your opponent is saying. The most disciplined you have to be is listening to what your opponent is saying. And when someone's really doing well in a debate is when they can repeat what their opponent just said. So there were people last night that thought she did fantastic. But I, I, I believe that it's simply because they like the fact that she's willing to stand on a stage and, you know, kind of go after the governor. She, she, like I said, there's a difference between the two. Still have some time to go. Early voting starts Wednesday. Governor McKee fulfilled his, he did two debates before the early voting. Then he's going to close it out with Channel 10. And that's it. They gave her three debates. Two on TV, and then one last night that was uh, radio and streamed online. So it's not like she didn't have an opportunity. The other candidates are having a tough time, if if not, they're getting shut out. Sabina Matos will not debate her lieutenant governor candidate, who unfortunately, to me, made a mistake by agreeing to a radio debate. She wanted a radio debate, because then you can't see that she's reading all our notes. She won't give a TV debate. And then our friend Pat Cordelessa is having a tough time getting his opponent. Um, I don't know about the general treasurer debate or if there's even going to be one. So Governor McKee is delivering. He is. And then we're going to have to see how things are going to break out. And the truck tolls. I think, I think it's something that is not being highlighted enough is, I'll, I'll say this, the business unfriendly nature of the truck tolls and the fact that he's deciding to appeal it. It's not the people that want him to do it. It's the unions that want him to do it. And our poor showing in business rankings for business-friendly states, you have a governor, a sitting governor, that walked the picket line at a private business. I, I, don't, I don't ever remember that happening, and it shouldn't happen. It wasn't even brought out last night. And the truck tolls, it reinforces, why would a company want to move in here if you're immediately going to side with the union operatives that want to try to organize unions inside your business and siphon off your money? The, the answer is they're not. They're not going to. They're not going to want to. So, and it makes me wonder, you know, one of the people that voted or didn't vote, didn't vote, you wonder if there's some discussion of we're going to keep you know, the unions at bay, they won't bother you. They won't go in there and try to organize if you just don't vote on the soccer stadium. I think there's a lot of interesting questions there where someone says, I didn't get all the info. There was plenty of information. Other people voted no. They cut a deal. I don't want the unions to come in and organize in my business. And they cut a deal. And what's on the table? All we need you to do is not vote. You don't have to vote in favor of it. Just don't vote. All right, folks, it's Friday. That's where we sit a lot ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe trusted oil delivery call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. In an emergency, they offer 24-hour emergency service. Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Joining us right now, author of The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus 
destroys our culture. We want to welcome to the program. It is author A.J. Rice. A.J., congratulations on The Woking Dead. Brother, what's going on? Brother John, <laughs> great to be here. Fantastic. First of all, tell, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the background and the making and just how you came about to put this book together. Well, look, uh, we're, in, we're engaged in a, in a cultural tyranny right now. And we've always had political correctness and we've always had the nanny state. You know, they're going to snatch the cigar out of your mouth or the salt shaker out of your hands. And, you know, it spins up every couple of years. I think the last time it spun up was the uh, Gen X, Murphy Brown, pantsuit mafia that loved Hillary Clinton in the 90s. They were telling us how to think and speak and walk and talk. But now, fast forward to today, I mean, we the, the Woking Dead are everywhere. They're in your sports. They're in your kids' schools. They're in your entertainment. They're canceling people. They're canceling the Founding Fathers with the 1619 Project, right? They're pumping the Me Too movement, making boys, young boys out to be predators, you know, when they're just trying to put the phone down and maybe ask Sally to the dance. So, you know, we're in a war. And if you combine this, this woke tyranny, this cultural tyranny – with the medical tyranny we just went through and the financial tyranny that the uh, reanimated corpse in the White House, Joe Biden's pushing on us, uh, you know, we have a, 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 you know, a way to win in November if we can stick to just talking about those three things and not get distracted by shiny baubles like the Republican Party likes to do. Folks, again, we're speaking with author A.J. Rice. The book is The Woking Dead. A.J., I also want you to know it is... What a sense! It is laugh out loud, honey, funny. You you have a you have a such a great unique. Uh, let me just also ask you this: Where did you develop the sense of humor? When when did you realize that you had the gift that you could look at something and put it in the comical context that you're able to well, do? Look, I, I'm I'm the CEO of what is called Joe Pesci Conservatism. Okay, <laughs> straight out of Philadelphia, Northeast Philadelphia, Irish Catholic guy. You know, I mean, I didn't I didn't go to the fancy schools, so I got a little bit of a little bit of hard scrabble state school guy went to Penn State, you know, worked my way through college, hanging out on Villanova and Temple and uh, and LaSalle's campus. And, you know, my parents are from northeast Philly. Uh, And and look, I think the Republican Party being, being a conservative in America, there's no uniform. For being a conservative right, right? so right. so burn your burn your bow ties you know tucker took his off george yeah will uh george will still wears one every once in a while but this this is where i come from i mean that you know i'm uh i try to bring humor i'm a millennial i'm a geriatric millennial i'm an older millennial <laughs> but a millennial nonetheless and i just think that like my old mentor andrew breitbart used to say Hang a joke on these people. Yeah. Talk about the culture. Talk, and nobody cares who's running for, for Senate in Idaho. You know, because if you can hang a joke on someone, it's way more devastating than, you know, being an, an uptight, uh, Aristote- making an uptight Aristotelian argument, you know? You come right out of the box. And, folks, I want you to understand, it is such a fun, entertaining read. It's the type of book that what I like about it is you can put it down, come back, pick it right up, and just – immediately jump into something different that has the same kind of nature of the humor. But I love right out of the box, the Joe Biden funeral home president. How'd you come up with that? Well, look, I mean, he's, he's presided over, he got two years of this guy, you know, the meat puppet that is dancing to the deep state. I mean, as soon as he got elected, the death, the death ticker on CNN vanished. (laughs) Probably because it was, was somebody hit hit the pedal to the metal. I mean, that, we, we, you know, no one's talking about it right now, but people are still dying. And they're, yes. they're not just dying. They're dying from the virus. They're also dying from the cure to the virus. So, uh, you know, and you've got children that are committing suicide because they've been locked in and, and, and sort of, you know, captured. I mean, look, the youth has been captured. And, and we're talking Gen Z, but some millennials too. And, you know, the Me Too movement made them all predators. Uh, the George Floyd dying made them all racist. Yeah. They're tearing down everything. The virus sends them all home from school, you know, and now they're, they already was a generation born with a smartphone in their hands. They already have a hard time being authentically human. So, so, and now they're, they're completely captured. And I think that's what they want. I think it's by design. They send Stephen Gary into the bathroom, the women's locker room. <laughs> Look, I was joking with Ingram 
who I was the executive producer for for many years, uh, and she endorsed the book and uh, you know, yeah. gave a blurb for the book. We we were fighting in the mid two thousands. We were fighting the book Tommy has two mommies. Right, John, right. Yes, John, Tommy doesn't just have two mommies now. Uh, Tommy's got two daddies, two mommies. Tommy's not even Tommy anymore. That's he's, right. He's, you know, he's uh, Eileen. <laughs> Tommy's two mommies are transitioning to become two two daddies. I love them. Um, how'd you come up with Section Nine pastimes to hate America? I, I, I think that is so on the money. It's just gold. Look, I'm a baseball guy. I love the uh, Phillies. I love the Red Sox, the Cubs. You know, I'm an old school guy. Uh, you know, I like baseball towns. I mean, look, I like all sports, right? But you know, some of these sports now some have been better than others. The, the NHL doesn't really get you know, down with some of this craziness and to, you know, Venus and Serena's credit and Tiger Woods credit. I don't really hear much coming out of them about, you know, taking it to the man. Um, but look, some of our athletes have turned their profession into a pastime to just rip us. Yeah. And I guess the calculation, and if you're looking at someone specifically, let's take, you know, the dummies, the two dummies, LeBron and, and, and KD, Kevin Durant. I mean, I think their calculation is we can replace the customers here in the United States because I've got 1.3 billion Chinese to, to fill their seats with. That's right. I mean, I think that's the calculation. And it might go all the way up to Adam Silver, the head of the, the NBA commissioner. It might go all the way up there. I don't know, but it appears that a lot of these corporations that have gone woke, Disney's another one. Nike, Coca-Cola, Levi's, it seems that they're willing to not not take the John and AJ money. They don't want it. They don't want the, the, the audience of this show. It sounds like they're willing to lose them and replace them with the communist foot soldiers in China. Folks, again, we're speaking with author AJ Rice. The book is The Woking Dead. It is a must-read. It'll be a tremendous Holiday gift coming up in just a few months. How society's Vogue virus destroyed our culture. AJ, I want to go back to section one, though. Um, part of Hunter Biden, white crackhead privilege. I, I'm surprised I haven't seen more. This stuff is such gold. I'm surprised I haven't seen more of these type of headlines pop up, up on social media because it's it's so different and it's right on the money. Well, look, I'm, look we try, we're trying to have fun, right? I mean, yeah. what, what is the definition of comedy, right? To transform uh, horror into humor. And let's face it, I represent Bobby Kennedy Jr., I represent yep. Robert Bork Jr., and I represent George P. Bush, and I represented Donald Trump Jr. And if any one of them was caught wearing a fur coat and their <laughs> tidy whities with cocaine and hookers, the way the current president's son has been caught in a thousand photos that I'm sure they're all photoshopped, John. Yeah, right. Uh, they would they would be strung up. They would be drawn and quartered. They'd be in the clink, you know. And what's the 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 horror, of course, is if forget the celebrity children. There's regular, you know, urban people out there, black, brown, whatever, that get picked up and they're thrown away for decades for doing what Hunter's doing, and we're all laughing about it. And big tech is suppressing it, and it's it's an outrage. So, yeah, he's got white crackhead privilege. <laughs> Folks, again, the book is The Woking Dead, A.J. Rice, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. I'm going to have a link to it on our Facebook page. And, A.J., that was a, a great plug by Judge Janine for the book on the five. Oh, yeah. She, <laughs> yeah, Laura did something similar. In fact, wow. Yeah, I think I'm going to go on with Ingram on TV maybe next week. But no, the judge and I, I mean, she's like my surrogate mother. She uh she keeps me in line, right? So, she knows how to she <laughs> she knows how to keep me moving, right? So, we got a new book with her coming out in January. We'll get her on. I know your audience probably loves her. She's a pistol. Oh yeah. No, she is she is uh, dynamite. She adds a lot to the five. What I also like is you're already establishing this is volume 1 because I have a feeling we're going to see not only volume two, volume four, five, six. Uh, I think you've hit gold with well, this. no one's doing this. No, no they are not. Look, right-wingers, there's plenty of right-wing conservative books and libertarian books. But, you know, I, for me, I'm part of the short attention span theater generation. Yeah. And I set the book up so that you don't have to read it cover to cover. You can hop around almost yes. like a music album with track listings, right? Yes. You've got 10, 10 sections, 97 vignettes. Um. And look, there was a ton of stuff that we booted out of this thing. 
Wow. So, so no, we're, we're, we're definitely uh, conceptualizing a volume two down the road and, and, you know, I would love to be back, but it's a fun read. you got the holidays coming up. you got your liberal brother-in-law or, or nutty woke nephew <laughs> that's majoring in, you know, underwater lesbian basket weaving. Bring them, bring them a copy. Let them look, <laughs> let them have some fun with it. You know, it's not a, it's not a, I'm not talking down to people. No. Or anything. I'm joking, joking around. And, you know, uh, look, it's humor always brings people together. Absolutely. Unless, you know, they're, you're really joyless like the women on The View. That's right. No, folks, it's I'm telling you, and it's laugh out loud funny. Folks, he's A.J. Rice. A.J., great to talk to you. Congratulations on the book. We'll talk to you again. John, you're a patriot. We love you, brother. Thank you, A.J. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals, they're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, he's our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, there it is. Channel 12 debate, Governor McKee, Ashley Kalis, Tim White, Ted Nisi. And when asked, Governor McKee says the state is going to appeal the truck tolls. Now, it was tossed out of court. I believe the state has 30 days. Um, I want to walk through. Now, first of all, I, I don't think businesses certainly don't like this. But, Tim Dodd, this, this is no layup when you want to appeal this it's bounced around a little bit um i want to hear your legal thoughts on his announcing their decision to appeal the truck tolls he, he did announce it in the context of the debate yeah um which was kind of awkward uh and then he was challenged by ashley kalis to say well what are you appealing based upon i mean it's a clear violation of the commerce clause Right. What's your what's your grounds? What's your argument? And all he said was, well, we're going to appeal. So he I mean, not that I expect him to spar on all the legalities, but he had nothing no. um, in terms of what's up in terms of the validity of the appeal. I mean, we talked when if this whole scheme went into effect, that it seemed unconstitutional that you could just toll out-of-state trucks. Um, it's gone through a very tortured course through the legal system. Initially, the federal court judge that had this case dismissed it. Uh, the truckers appealed to the First Circuit. First Circuit said, no, you shouldn't have dismissed it. Um, the plaintiffs are entitled to a trial. So then the judge, Judge Smith, duly had a trial, and at the end of the trial uh, found in favor of the truckers, which was quite a turnaround. Yeah. Now, there's many arguments that um, would suggest that this whole scheme is unconstitutional. Uh, it, 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 it apparently does violate the Commerce Clause and it's it's not an equal protection, equal justice situation. It seems uh, obvious that you can't treat out-of-state trucks in one manner and in-state trucks in a different manner for doing the same thing on the same roads with the same type of equipment. Um, I think if Governor McKee did not appeal the decision, 
that would be the law of the case. And the state would either have to, A, take down the gantries, or B, start tolling um, automobiles. The state needs the money. They've created this situation of overspending where McKee was at, uh, at the debate bragging of how much money has been spent so far fixing bridges. And that's a legitimate concern to make bridges um, safe, safe for the motoring public. But the state's become almost like a drug addict. They're addicted yeah. to this money. They need this money that's coming <coughs> from the gantries. And it's, it seems to me that if the state loses the appeal, the state either says, oh, well, no more money, we'll figure something else out, or they're going to come stick it to all motorists and start tolling everybody. So all of that will happen, whether the state wins or loses, after this election. But as a person who's on the road frequently, I don't feel real good about the fact that I think I think that tolls will be coming for not just trucks, but for, you know, normal automobiles, because the state is never going to walk away from this money. They'll never walk away from it. <clears throat> no, and Tim Dodd, they had projected, you know, 40, 45 billion a year. Um, there's been talk that at the very least they may do it during rush hour in the morning, the afternoon to try to force people to take public transportation. Um, try to get more people off the roads. But, you know, even right now, I mean, if anything, Ript is having trouble with all their routes. Uh, but we, we've seen a pattern where as much as they may say, we're not going to do that. But then, you know, then when there's an emergency, they, you know, it always starts off, it's only going to be temporary. It's only going to be for a certain, you know, period of time, maybe in the morning, try to get less people driving in the morning or in the afternoon. And then the next thing you know, uh, they make it easy where it just kind of gets absorbed. And again, no politician is going to come out before an election and say, yeah, it looks like we'll have to start tolling cars, too. Right. It's never going to happen. No. It's going to be done in the dead of night, you know, some Friday afternoon in the middle of the winter. And it's it would be hard to imagine that it's not going to come because the state will never just take down the gantries and no. say, and if they did, they'd have to this create new taxes to raise more money to fix the roads. The roads do need to be fixed. The bridges do need to be maintained and repaired. But this whole scheme of doing it on the back of only out-of-state truckers was crazy to begin with. Yeah. And also, <clears throat> as someone that I personally, short period of time, but had to drive to Newport every day, uh, you don't like it, but... It becomes the fact of the matter is you're going to pay the toll when you go to the Newark Bridge. And I think they feel that Rhode Island commuters and drivers would just, you know, slowly get accustomed to it the way no one blinks or thinks twice now. You're going to go to Newport. You're going to pay the bridge toll. I think the thinking is that people would go through it. Tim Dodd, I also want to stay with something that kind of came out of the debate a little bit, but not as much. But that is a situation that's brewing in Cranston. And that is you have the mayor. I interviewed some council people there nervous about this proposal that Governor McKee in Cranston, you have the Pastori complex and it's a large uh, parcel of acres. It houses Ellenus Slater hospital. It houses the DEM. It also houses the correctional facility, ACI. Um, but there's talk that there's room there that also holds, has uh, Harrington hall, which is the state's largest men's shelter that they would start to put down these, they call them uh, pallets, these homeless pallets, very small. If you get down to um, Roy Carpenter's, you can see Roy Carpenter's with tunic. It'd actually be smaller than that. It's really like a bathhouse, but it would have a bed and so forth. And that they would plop down between 500 to 1,000 of these homeless pallets and create like a little homeless village in the Pastori complex. Now, Cranston officials are saying that, you know, that they would fight this. But Tim Dodd, that, that state land, I mean, if push comes to shove, is there anything that Cranston could do to try to prevent something like this under the law? Not really. It's not their real estate. It's the yeah. state's real estate. Um, I think it's an absurd solution that um, the McKee administration is trying to come up with. So you build all these little pallet boxes, like these micro houses or micro, whatever you want to call them. Do, do they think people are going to live and stay inside of these things all day? No, 
that's going to bring a thousand more people who are going to be roaming around yep. all day. They're going to be roaming around neighborhoods. They're going to be roaming around Garden City. They're going to be spreading out to Chapel View, all of that development. Um, you know, we're already contending in Cranston, as you say, with Harrington Hall, which is a continuing nightmare. We've got the prisons. And the city is always fighting with the state that the state does not reimburse, let's say, enough money to Cranston. Because every time there's a call out at the, at the uh, Pastore property, it's Cranston's fire trucks, Cranston's rescue personnel, Cranston's police department who's fielding those calls. And it's a huge expense. It's a tax burden to residents of Cranston. I'm not sure if that element would give Cranston any standing to stop this pallet house development. I don't think it would, but Cranston should clearly be, you know, going to the state saying, we don't want this. We'd like to stop it. But if it's coming, you've got to give us more reimbursement money because we're going to be spending even more of our city resources cleaning up all the messes that this uh, development is going to create. Mm. This doesn't seem to be the appropriate um, solution to this problem. Uh, It's inexplicable to me why anyone would think this is the way to go. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. Remain healthy. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305 3585 diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. 